there and welcome to the When's My Time podcast. I'm Ozzy Eyre, founder of whensmytime.com and I aim to be your boss's worst nightmare. It's still Tuesday the 13th of September 2016 so I'm trying to make up some lost ground here because as you know I missed out on recording one yesterday so this is the second podcast today. There may be a third, who knows. Look, if you're enjoying these podcasts, don't forget, head over to iTunes and subscribe. That way you're never going to miss another episode. And while you're there, leave me a review. Tell me what you think about it. Tell me what you like best about it. If you, Look, if you hate it, tell me you hate it. Leave me a bunch of stars as well. Five is such a lovely number, don't you think? Now, the reason I should do that is so that this podcast rises in the rankings and makes it easier to find for other people other people like you who may well enjoy it. Is that okay? So what do I want to talk about now? Right, I want to talk about two things, in fact, two link things, perspective and prejudice. Now, perspective, now that is something that is so important, isn't it? And it's something that um, is very much on my mind at the moment, because, look, I'm a sort of not in the first flush of youth, shall we say. I'm, I'm soon to be 60. I feel like I'm 16 rather than 60. And I'm sure everybody who's ever got to this age feels like that. But I can tell you, when I was 16, if I was talking to somebody who was 60, man, I was surprised that they were still alive. Never mind still able to talk to me. But that's the situation that I am in now. Now, because I'm of an age that I am, sometimes in the mornings I'll ache a little bit or I'll feel maybe not so keen on doing what I had planned to do that day. Maybe it did seemed a good idea the night before, but now, now I actually have to drag my backside around to doing it. Maybe it's not such a cranky idea. Now, perspective. Perspective is something that I've been gaining an awful lot of over the last few days. And I'm going to try and talk about this without sounding patronising uh, and without being overly sentimental. Sentiment is a good thing. Sentiment is emotion uh, is an emotion, and sometimes emotions are great for driving you on. We should try to make our decisions important decisions logically, but if we can use emotion to help us drive on in pursuing those decisions into implementing those those decisions, then you've got the best of both worlds. You've got the cold logic that helps you decide something, and then you've got the emotion that drives you on to implement that decision, and you will find. You can move mountains that way. Now, why am I talking about that? Well, over the past few days, I spent an awful lot of time watching the Paralympics. An awful lot of time watching the Paralympics. And if you are a regular listener to this podcast, you'll know that a month or so ago, I was spending an awful lot of time watching the Olympics. Now, the Olympics was inspiring. It was great to see young people who had dedicated the last four years, five years, even more in some cases, to getting to Rio, to winning medals, to they'd focus their entire life on that one thing. So that was inspiring. The Paralympics, though, take that to another level. These men and women are phenomenal because not only have they taken on the challenges that the Olympians have, they've also had to overcome incredible physical and mental challenges too. Because the disabilities that we're talking of here... I Listen, if I stub my toe, I want to sit in a chair for a week. I'm the biggest crybaby there is. That these guys... I mean, there are people there. I was watching last night a swimming event, and there were people in the pool, not with half an arm or something of like that. There were people in the pool with no arms. 
that literally they they didn't have any vestige of a limb at all. That their bodies stopped at their shoulders. Now, the fact that they're swimming is amazing. The fact that they're there and contending for medals is amazing using only their legs. What really amazes me is that wind the clock back, there was a time when that young man or woman decided the fact that I don't have arms is not going to hold me back from jumping in the water. The fact that I have no way of propelling myself and keeping my head above water other than kicking my legs and dolphining my body is not going to put me off. I know that this is a potentially stupid situation to be in (laughs) because I could drown doing this if I've got nobody around. Now, of course, there will have had somebody around, but I'm just trying to think of the panic that would go through my mind. Just imagine, just imagine for a moment. I'm assuming that you have both arms. If you don't, I'm sorry I I make that assumption and it's a a wrong assumption to make and that will bring me on to the prejudice thing in a moment. But I'm going to assume that you have two functioning arms and two functioning legs. If you don't, you're already a champion in my eyes. But just imagine for a moment that you had your arms strapped to you down by your side. So they were immobile. So effectively you didn't have the arms. And then you were told to get in the water and swim. Could you do that? There's no way on this earth that I think I have the, the initial courage to do that. And these people are not only doing that, they are swimming like demons. They are incredible. So there's another guy. Forgive me, I can't remember whether he's, I think he was a US athlete, but he may well have been Canadian. And forgive me, I know that's going to cause all sorts of eruptions. May have been US, may have been Canadian, but in the archery, who had no arms. He held the bow with his feet and had a tag on the cord of the bow, which he trapped under his chin and shoulder and used that to draw the bow. He was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Not only that, here's a fact about that chap. He is in the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest accurate shot ever made with a bow. That's not the longest accurate shot ever made with a bow by a guy with no arms. That's the longest accurate shot ever made with a bow by anyone. Anyone. I saw him interviewed and he was laughing and joking and they were talking about when he first decided to take up archery and how he went into an archery supply shop and the guy was just looking at him and thinking, you've gone crazy, mate. You've lost your mind. But he was serious. And now he's winning medals and he's in the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest accurate shot with a bow and arrow ever made. Now, these people are so inspiring so inspiring. I urge you, if you haven't already watched any of the Paralympics, do so while there's still time. And if you're listening to this too late, if the Paralympics are already finished, I'm sure it's going to be all over YouTube. These people are elite athletes. There's There's no getting away from it. They are elite athletes who happen also to have overcome not only everybody's reluctance to train on cold, wet Thursday evenings. They've not only blown past that but they've had to do that with either physical disabilities or learning difficulties that would make most people think 
that's me. Uh, this is what I am, I've done. They refuse to be defined by that disability. They are just so focused on showing what they can do, not what they can't do. So if you're feeling short of inspiration today, check out the Paralympians. You will be so inspired. And also, you will then get the mindset that tells you when you're feeling, maybe I don't feel like that doing that today. Maybe I'm aching a little bit today. Maybe I'm... You'll get into the mindset that you'll get the little voice that says, how dare you? How dare you use that as an excuse for not pursuing your dreams, for not living your life on purpose, for not becoming the person you were supposed to be, for not living the life you want to live? How dare you use that as an excuse when these people, these wonderful people, are beating more challenges every day than you've had in a lifetime and then going on to achieve greatness. And it will tee you up for your best day ever. I can tell you it will. Now, I I, I hope none of that was patronising. I hope none of that was sentimental. Or not overly sentimental. There is some sentiment in there. And as I say, Get that emotion going for you. Get that emotion working for you because it helps. Now, on a totally different level, getting perspective. I, I want to talk, talk more about getting perspective. We always think we've got another day, don't we? We always think we'll have another opportunity. We won't. Life is short. Life is incredibly short. And every day that's spent is a day that's gone. We're never getting it back. And I get perspective often. I often think about this when I'm walking uh, with Jack, uh, our little Jack Russell Terrier out in the countryside around here. I live in Sussex. I live in the middle of Sussex. And I live between two sets of hills. Now, if you don't live in the UK, you may not be familiar with these. There's the South Downs and the North Downs. They're probably about 30 miles apart. Now, both of these, are range, uh, sort of a, a range of hills, a line of hills that are probably about, I think in total, they're probably about 80 and 90 miles in length each something like that. And they're chalk downs. We, we call them downs over here. I'm, I'm, I must look that up because I, I like words. I like the history of words. I must look up why we call them downs. They're hills, but they're called downs. So there's the South Downs and there's the North Downs. And they're entirely made of chalk. Now, if you don't know, and this, this is going to sound a little bit nerdy, but there is a reason for me explaining this. Um, if you don't know, chalk is made up of the skeletons of microscopic sea creatures. Tiny, tiny things. You can, you, I mean, you'd need a microscope to see these things. Billions upon trillions of these sea creatures have died, floated to the bottom of the sea, and I'm talking millions, if not billions of years ago, floated to the bottom of the sea and built up over time to create chalk that is so thick that when the sea recedes, it leaves hills behind that are 200, 300 feet high. Now, there would have been a lot higher in the past, because there's been years and years of erosion. Now, that's what I want to talk about. You see, the theory is... I'm using the theory in the scientific sense that it's been tested and, and it seems right. Theory isn't just a guess. The theory is that the South and North Downs were once linked. It was all one range of hills. Now, you imagine that. They're about 30 miles apart, say, and they're about 18, 90 miles long, so that's thousands of square miles it covers. And so they were once joined. So there were the billions of years of building these up, 
by all the, that almost infinite number of microscopic animals, the skeletons, uh, building these chalk, chalk hills up. Then the sea receded over a long period of time. The ground lifted up and there were hills. And then over the years, because it's chalk, water got through. Because chalk is porous, water dripped through and it made underground rivers and caverns and the ri- rivers washed more and more away and made bigger and bigger caverns. And eventually, the area that I now live in became sort of hollow. It would have been three or 400 feet taller than I am now. The ground level now would have been three or 400 feet higher up. But it became hollowed out. And over time, it hollowed out so much that it just collapsed. And over millions and millions of years of rain and storms and all that sort of stuff, the whole thing's washed away to the point where now, and again, this is going to sound awfully, awfully nerdy, but there is a reason that I'm telling you this. Now, the ground where I live, the soil, the dirt, is acidic in nature. Now, if you remember your chemistry, you'll know that chalk is quite the opposite. It's alkaline in nature. So all the chalk that once stood three, four hundred, even more feet deep where I stand has been washed away over millions and millions and perhaps billions of years. I don't know. Uh, again, I should look. I should research this stuff before I talk to you about it, but I know the gist of the story. So all of that has washed away and it's left two separate ranges of hills. There's the South Downs and the North Downs, which are still impressive. They're still amazing. It's still, I still can't get my head around that all of that is built up with these tiny tiny skeletons of these creatures that are too small to see without the aid of a microscope. Now, the reason I tell you that is just imagine how long that has taken to do that. For the sea creatures to evolve, to then to die, to then build up in such numbers that they created layers of this chalk that were hundreds of feet thick. Then for the sea to recede, for the land to rise up, then for the majority of it to wash away, leaving two ranges of hills. The reason I'm talking about that is to illustrate that we are here for less than the blink of an eye when it comes to geological time. It is so fleeting, our life, so don't waste it. Don't waste it. So that's the perspective I get. I mean, I get that. I mean, it's just take me five, ten minutes to explain that to you. But I get that when I walk with Jack. In the morning, I look over to the hills to the south and the hills to the north. I think, boy, I'm here for such a short time. I've got to make the most of this. I was going to talk about prejudice as well, wasn't I? I, I look, I've already talked on far too long in here. I'm going to record another brief podcast because you've been so patient with me. I think it's not fair to you to ask you to listen to yet more of this. But don't forget... Head over to iTunes, subscribe, leave me a bunch of stars, leave me a review. If you want to talk more about this, you can hit me up on Twitter at Aussie Air or email me. If you can't get it down into 140 characters, email me Aussie at whensmytime.com. Thank you so much indeed for listening. I really do appreciate this. I've been Aussie Air, founder of whensmytime.com, and I can tell you, your time is now. <laughs>